You're listening to Ember Weekend, your weekend recap of all things Ember. This is episode 55. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson, and we're here to keep you in the Ember Unloop. We're broadcasting from Hashtrack at HQ, and this week's episode title state is Just a Little Reacty. So this past week, uh, Tracy and Taras announced uh, GemConf, which is uh, gl- the global Ember Meetup like in-person live conference. And that's going to be happening on, uh, on May 21st. And uh, it's going to be really awesome. The speakers were already announced, and I think it's going to be a really fun thing. It's happening, I believe, Chase, is it happening in the Twitch office? Yeah, the contributors workshop and the conference are happening in the Twitch headquarters office. So that's going to be really cool. Very cool. Very cool. And then, of course, uh, two days uh, post GemConf uh, will be our training, which we haven't mentioned on the show yet. This is the first time. It's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. Doing a lot of work for this. I was about to say, I spent pretty much all last week just constantly slides and slides, reviewing a million things and slides and slides. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm really, really excited about it. This is the first of two trainings that we're putting on, uh, one in May and then again in October. And uh, it's put on with uh, with Modern Web. So Tracy has been helping a lot with promotion and and uh, and all that stuff. So uh, very appreciative for all of her efforts. And I'm really excited to try to get out there and spread some knowledge, some Ember knowledge. Yeah, and it's really great that it happened to also line up with the the conference. So hopefully, if you're out at the conference, you know you can stop by the training, or if you're planning on going to the training, you can you know show up a couple of days early and also make this little you know conference. I don't know. The one that we did in Raleigh was really, really fun. So I, I suspect this will be very similar. And yeah, and our training is uh, focused for, uh, it's it's actually kind of split focus. Uh, so the first day is going to be beginner and then end intermediate and try to bring people up to speed. And then the second day, we're going to go over more advanced topics. It's really exciting. We're going to link to the, uh, the information uh, on the Modern Web uh, website where it kind of has our, our loose outline for the curriculum. So you can kind of look at it and see what is applicable for you. And uh, yeah, it's like I said, I'm really excited about it. So take a look. uh, Let us know what you think. So you probably saw this on Friday, but the EmberConf videos are out on Confreaks now. So there are a bunch of really great talks and uh, I can't wait to go back and, you know, catch up on the ones I missed. Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I was reading the Medium post that uh, Leah Silver put up uh, around the the postmortem of EmberConf. And it's actually like, it was like a split, split track. So like half the time it was, uh, it was all together and half the time it wasn't. Um, but when it wasn't the keynotes, I was really in the hallway a lot trying to talk to everybody and, you know, like do whatever. So I'm really excited to see these talks come up. I know, um, there's a few just off the top of my head that, uh, that I didn't get to see. I didn't get to see Estelle's talk and I heard that was really wonderful on Ember CLI and, uh, Crystal Presto's talk. I, I wanted to check that one out and didn't get a chance to. So there's, there's a few and they're all on. So I'm pretty sure I'm in for a weekend of binging. Like it's, you know, like Netflix just dropped house of cards or something, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the Chris Lopresto talk, that's the, the living style guide one. Mm-hmm. And I, I, after the fact I caught what that, you know, how great that talk was. And so definitely looking forward to go back and seeing that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's all on Confreaks. I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, the effort it takes. I know, I know how much effort it takes to, to get all the recordings for a conference and put them up and stuff. So that was really great. Um, we're going to link to the actual event, EmberConf 2016, which will have all of the Confreaks thing. I think there's still a few that aren't out yet, but they're, they're trickling in. And as they do, that event link will update. So uh, I really think there's a few that, that are just like almost going to be reference material, specifically the, the uh, Godfrey and Yehuda thing where they're talking about uh, Glimmer 2. I suspect that is going to be something that you're definitely going to want to see just to make sure that you're keeping up to speed with what's going on in the Ember ecosystem. Um, but yeah, all in all, I'm really excited to 
finally get caught up on the conference talks that I was at the conference for but didn't watch. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, check it out. Are EmberJS controllers dead? Find out next time. No, I'm just kidding. Eric Hanchett did a, uh, a screencast on what's going on with Ember controllers. And uh, he actually, it was actually kind of cool because uh, I think what spurred the episode creation was uh, an inter- our interview with Lauren Tan, where we talked uh, quite extensively about, you know, the nature of uh, controllers and components and how, like what migration strategies are there. And I think he was trying to do is, uh, is basically explain the difference uh, in behavior that you might see in a controller versus a component. Uh, and in this uh, in this screencast, it's pretty short. It was actually like 15, 15 minutes, right? Something like that. Something like that. Half that if you watch double speed. Yeah, which I watch everything at double speed. Um, but uh, yeah, and in, in, in it, he he creates two routes and he uh, he binds an attribute to uh, to an input so that you can change it. And he changes it, and then uh, when you route away from the controller and you come back, the controller's state is preserved because controllers are singletons. And then when you navigate away from the components, uh, that that state is lost because the components are torn down as soon as they are no longer being rendered. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that I liked that he did was he showed how you can you know mi- migrate those uh, that component over to behave like a controller by using a service that has that long lived state. Uh, that was really great. Yeah, yeah, and and he does this with a service, and it, you you really can behave, you can get it to behave exactly the same. Uh, I think the thing that's cool about this is now you have the flexibility because before if you wanted the behavior of a component to like destroy you had to write a bunch of stuff to basically clear the state uh when you when you navigate away of the controller and that that's kind of like the opposite problem and it was uh, not not fun to deal with um but you can still preserve that behavior if it's something that you require but most of the time i found that i don't actually require that behavior most of the time uh, if I want something to save, I'll probably warn the user like, hey, do you, are you sure you want to navigate away from this? Or, you know, or I want that state to go away so that I come in with fresh state the next time. I don't know. It was really it was a really good introduction on kind of the differences in controllers and components and how, you know, you might preserve that old behavior. So it was, it was definitely worth the watch. Uh, like I said, it's really quick. So um, check it out. We'll be sure to link it. So this weekend, it was announced that there is a uh, canary kind of build of Ember Twiddle that works with Ember CLI Mirage. Uh, it's not the latest beta. It's uh, 0.1.13. Um, so this was kind of, I guess, before the serializer move and all that kind of stuff and uh, when Mirage was still in the app folder. Uh, so, uh, but, it, but it does work, and it, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's something that's really great for like something like Twiddle where you're just trying to show you know, a demo. And if you want to show that demo behaving like you know, like it's like it's fetching for something from the API. Um, it's a great tool. Yeah, and you know, I'm really so, so I I haven't looked at Twiddle for I don't know maybe maybe a couple of weeks or something like that. It, it had to it, it couldn't have been that long since the last time I opened up a Twiddle. Came back and it has all these features. It's like Mirage. You can just drop down and click uh, the what version of Ember data you want. Yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty powerful. Um, I also didn't know you could run tests because that's uh this demo it's running it's running the tests. I didn't actually know that that was possible, and uh, that that seems pretty cool. Because when, sometimes when you're trying to explain testing to someone, it's it would be really nice to you know send them a a gist like this on Twiddle that explains exactly what you're talking about, like the differences between you know uh, the acceptance tests or uh, component integration tests or unit tests. Um, so I think I'm gonna be using that uh, more often now. It's really great, like that the ability to kind of like show a test failure even like to help report bugs for you know build tooling. Um, that's awesome. 
but you could you could really write an entire app with like all the stuff and and ship it to somebody and say hey like this is kind of a proof of concept so it's not just for bug reporting i think you could probably use it to to show off certain aspects of the you know the language um and now it's robust enough to where you can really go a long way yeah and it's something i i didn't mention uh when we were talking about uh the our ember js controllers dead uh, section but that was all done in an ember twiddle like the exam the entire screencast takes place inside of an ember twiddle because it's something that is immediately usable so he could just at the end of that screencast you can save it and then now post that so you can go around and play with it too so it's even great for screencasts so i don't know i'm super impressed with ember twiddle the amount of work and the 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 robustness of it uh is uh, it's really staggering so way to go so we were perusing the uh, EmberJS Reddit, and uh, and we we were uh, we had an interview last week, and before that it was EmberConf. So I think we've been kind of like playing catch up a little bit. But uh, there was a a section on the Ember Redux doc site called Data Downs Actions Up, and uh, and in it I believe it's Torin Billups, although he's not linked on the, as the author of this. Uh, uh, Torin um, kind of establishes some of the philosophies behind Redux. And some of the rationale he has in, you know, putting some time into Ember Redux. Uh, and I thought this article was fantastic, both as an explanation of, uh, of what Redux is doing, but also as a, as a way to think about how to think about how data needs to be manipulated in a system. Uh, so it was really great. Right. I mean, the, the first section um, I thought was really applicable, even if you aren't using Redux, because it was all talking about um, different types of components. You know, we, we hear all the time about, you know, data down, it's actions up. Um, and you know, it implies that you don't really do anything in a component. It's really just like rendering whatever it got passed in and attributes. Um, but what Torn explains here is that there are two different types of components. If you look at it like this, like there are presentational components, which are, you know, true kind of like web components, what they only reflect what you give them as attributes. Um, and then there are container components and the container components and they interact with the store. And in, you know, if, if you were just in an kind of vanilla Ember application, that might be the ones that interact with Ember data or the ones that uh, maybe go fetch something with Ajax or something. Uh, but the idea is that you have, you know, kind of a clear separation of types of components. You have these container components that are like complicated. They're like, maybe, maybe they're in the future, they're the routable component, but they're the thing that basically is coordinating all of the structure of the page underneath. And they're passing, you know, closure actions down uh, through all, to all these uh, smaller components that are very simple, and they're responsible for like data data setup and manipulation, right? Yeah, I mean they're like they're like they're like the original source of data, right. on the template. Um, but the uh, but they all kind of like in Redux's case, they all all of the state comes from this this store, uh, and it's all I guess uh, manipulated through reducers. Um, but you could you could get the same effect in Ember by having you know a service and you just kind of restrict yourself to saying i'm only going to manipulate state in like say the user service and you'd have to have maybe a service per route or something so you could you could kind of force yourself to get the same behavior and this is what everybody's kind of moving toward anyway um but this is a you know it, it really like clarified um this kind of difference of types of components um so i, I thought that was really useful yeah, so the the container versus presentational component divide or or, or separation is uh, made really apparent in the closing arguments of the of the article. He mentions that one of the advantages of this, and this is something that I've seen, is that if you really make your components uh, like presentational, 
you can reuse those in a lot of different places. So you end up with a, a library of presentational components that are just like drop in, put wherever you want, and they only receive information f through their attributes. So they're really pluggable, you know? Uh, and container components are the things that are a little more heavy duty. They're a little bit more custom because they actually do the data setup. And uh, in, in this case, in the case of Ember Redux, they actually have access to um, the Redux store. So, um, so you end up doing all of, all of the stuff there. Uh, some, of the, some of the things about this blog post were a little bit uh, difficult for me uh, when I was going through it because of the API for, for Ember Redux is just a little bit foreign. Uh, specifically setting up uh, like how you connect. So all of these the state trans transitions are happening through these reducers, but you still want you know your components to update. So you have to connect state two and uh, your component thing. It, it's uh, it's difficult. You have to use this, the connect API to actually get that behavior. And there, there's a few other things, but it's just a little bit foreign. So uh, just make sure that when you read through the blog post, just give a little extra time on those spots to make sure you understand where where Ember Redux's API kind of exists so that you can kind of really get the bigger picture. I feel like the the bigger picture of like data downs actions up here is more important of a concept. And it, it for me, it took me a little while. I had to really uh, scratch my head for a little while to get the, the thing, but I hadn't used Ember Redux. Uh, so uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and there's a there's also a really good section at the end of this article where uh, the users list is rendered, and it's like it's like rendering out the data that the components underneath it need, um, but also creating an action uh, in the top level component to like pass down, and uh, that's actually a decent decent example of how to like pass closure actions as parameters um, in a component. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of really good information here. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, it it kind of helped me think about components in a slightly different way, so I'm really grateful for that. And I'm going to continue uh, exploring Ember Redux to see, um, you know, what I can learn from it, what I can glean from, uh, really like React. Um, so it's it's been it's been interesting. Right, and uh, Tor Torrent se seems to really love that inline precompile helper. Uh, it really makes things look a little more a little more Reacty, a little Reacty. I feel like that's probably going to be the episode title now. Just a little reacty. Reacty. Just a little reacty. I just want it to be a little reacty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so definitely check this out. Uh, we're going to link to it. It's uh, uh, ember-redux.com slash ddau. Thanks for listening to Ember Weekend. If you'd like to follow along, visit us at emberweekend.com. Or you can find us at Ember Weekend, all one word, on Twitter. Or subscribe via RSS. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we'll see you next weekend.